that you're continuing to do, that you will do in the future, God. I ask you for the provisions and the blessings, God, for the protection from this whole world, God, from the demonic forces of this world, God. And I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and give a clap and you can be seated. Praise God. Praise God. Built for the storm, or built for the storms, amen. I think this falls in place with, uh, there is an atmospheric river, they say, is uh, going to hit the Los Angeles, that area, that, that whole area. Uh, I, actually, it's going to be today, and it's supposed to be one of the most devastating storms that as ever to hit that area, praise God. And people are preparing. They're preparing themselves for something that is supposed to be very, very, very bad. Amen. And so it is in the spiritual realm. Amen. Jesus led the way when he, when he allowed us to read this, this setting here in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 5 where it says, but a body thou hast prepared me. Did you know that you are, a, uh, you are prepared? God has designed you for this time, this place, amen. You are specially designed for the storm that this world is going to have to endure. You have the ability to make it through. But it's going to be something that you have to do. You're going to have to invest in what God has for you. I can't do it for you. I can pray for you. I can love on you. I can be with you when the, when the storm hits, but you're going to have to prepare yourself for the coming calamity that is about to fall on this world. If you don't think it's going to happen, look around you, my friend. The storms are intensifying. The earthquakes are intensifying. Everything in our world is intensifying. Our world is screaming out, praise God, because it knows what's coming upon this world. And if you're not prepared for the storm, you're going to have a hard time. That's why the Bible says whatever can be shaken will be shaken. Something that God said Let me say it again. Whatever can be shaken will be shaken. And if you don't have a foundation on the word of God, amen, you, my friend, are going to struggle. I'm going to struggle. You think you're struggling now with this little thing that's going on? Wait a couple months. Wait a couple years. It's time to get ready. It's time to have a prayer life. It's time to be consecrated to the, to the God of this, this, this uh, universe. Approximately 12 years ago, I remember me and Sister Torres, we ventured off into the unknown. We decided to purchase a home, praise God. We'd never done this before. And uh, it was, it was mind-boggling to me. We were ready to venture off into the unknown, praise God. It was something that we had even, I, I never thought that I could buy 
a home. I never thought that God would bless me with something as a home, amen. I remember sitting there and asking God, God, if you give me this home, I will dedicate it to you, Lord. I will teach Bible studies. I will start cell groups. I will do whatever I have to do, God, because I just want to serve you, God. And however you bless me, whatever provisions you give to me, God, I just want to give it back to you. But it took us stepping into the unknown. It took us walking into the unknown. I've come to understand in this Christian life that doing something extraordinary can be uncomfortable at times. God is going to require something of us, praise God, and we are going to have to step out, praise God. I remember when we were going to get this home, even in our relationship, when me and my wife got together, there was a lot of mistrust. There was a lot of people that doubted, praise God, if this relationship would even work, praise God. But me and my wife had made up our mind, this is something that we were going to do, praise God. I never dreamed of owning a home. I never dreamed of starting a church, praise God. How would God bless two meth addicts, praise God, didn't know anything about serving God, didn't know anything about owning a house, didn't know anything about starting a church, amen. But if Jesus can do it for us, Jesus can do it for you. Praise God, praise God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a loving God. We serve a God, amen, that, that can take care of all our needs, praise God. But it requires something from us, amen. We've got to give up our own ways, our own selfish attitudes, praise God. We've got to entrust God with everything that we have. Praise God. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, and verse number 8, praise God. What does it say, Brother George? By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place. When he was called to go out into a place. I want you to hear this. Which he should after receive for an inheritance. God promised him something. But there was something that Abraham had to do. Obeyed. He obeyed the word of the Lord, praise God. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what he was going to face, praise God. It was uncomfortable for Abraham, praise God. But he had heard a word from God, amen. A word that changed his life. A word that was different than any word that he had ever heard before. He trusted God. Yes, he, he messed up sometimes, but he still trusted God, praise God. Why? Because God gave him a promise. God offered an inheritance for him, but he had to obey God. And God is asking us, praise God, if you want to step into this inheritance, you're going to have to obey him. You're going to have to trust him. You're going to have to have confidence in God's ability, praise God. What's the end of that, bro? And he went out. Not, and he went out. Not knowing whither he went. He didn't know where he was going. What's that next slide, Brother Godfrey? You see, walking into the unknown, amen. That is the one. There you go. Walking into the unknown can be scary sometimes. You can feel like you're, you're there by yourself. 
down the windy roads, praise God. You don't know what's going to jump out at you, praise God. You don't know what's around the next corner, amen. You don't know the storms of life, amen, that are going to affect your walk with God, praise God. But God isn't asking about that. Only God says, he says, you just have to trust me. You have to believe in my abilities. You have to obey me. But walking in the unknown can be very, very frightening, praise God. Every corner, every mountain, every valley, praise God, there's going to be something lurking, something that is going to try to distract you, something that's going to try to stop you from serving God, praise God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? You see, Abraham lived a life of faith and discipline. But Abraham came to a place in his life where he had to make up his mind, amen. Am I going to stay in this current condition or am I going to allow God to, to help me, amen, see what he has for me in the future? It was comfortable for Abraham. How many times has God asked you how many times has God asked me to step out in faith, praise God? I'm sure, I'm positive, just as in my life and just as in your life, amen, you're going to travel from place to place and there's going to be things that come up in your mind and you're going to question God. You're not going to understand everything. But if you make your God a personal God, come on, you see, God has to be personal. You have to have a personal relationship with God. And a personal relationship, amen, comes with commitment. In other words, a personal relationship is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something you deem is expensive, praise God. It's going to require a long-term dedication of your life, of your substance, praise God. God isn't playing around, amen. I don't know what you've heard in the religious world, amen, but my God is serious about his word, praise God. When God requires something, when God asks of something, amen, God expects us to obey, praise God. God expects us to travel down that world, that road, even if it's unfamiliar. In the book of Galatians, chapter 6 and verse 9, we read, Brother George, and let us not be weary in well Let doing. us not be weary in well doing. If you're doing what you need to do, the Bible tells us, don't be weary, amen. Don't get frustrated, praise God. Just walk the walk, amen. One step at a time, that's all God is asking you. One step at a time, amen. And when the winds come and the storms come and the rains come, praise God, get your eyes off that. Focus on the eternal prize. Focus on God that can give it to you. Focus on your obedience to God. Read. For in due season, For in due season we shall reap. We're going to reap. We're going to reap the benefits. God has benefits for us. And the word of God says we're going to reap it if we faint not. If we faint not. Don't lose heart, 
praise God. A lifelong commitment, praise God. Always, 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 always has pressure. It always has pressure. And serving God is not just lip service, my friend. I'm talking about commitment, praise God. So many times, amen, our world, amen, thinks that serving God is just saying, I believe in God. Oh no, my friend, it's way more than that. It's making a commitment to God. It's consecrating your life to God. It's saying that I will serve God no matter what. I'm not going to serve God until I get to a certain point and say it's too hard. Oh no, the Bible says obey Him. It's as simple as that. Obey Him. You see, it's easy to talk about sacrifice in the comforts of our own home, praise God. There was a man named Job in Job chapter 1 and verse 8. What does it say, bro? There is none like Him. There is none like him. Here's a man that had everything. He was wealthy. Probably had a good job. He had plenty of cattle, plenty of sheep, plenty of rams, whatever he had, chickens and he was wealthy. He had a family that he loved, sons and daughters and and they had it all going for them. But Satan came to him, Brother George, and he says, he says, what you doing, Lord? Lord says, what you doing? He says, I'm just walking to and fro in the earth, up and down. Why are you doing that? He says, I'm looking. He said, have you considered my servant Job? He is upright and perfect. And Job, he's my son. And Satan said, yeah, I've looked at him. I've looked at Job. I've looked at everything that you've blessed him with, the provisions and the blessings. But I can't touch him. You've got a hedge about him. You're protecting him. But I promise you, God, if you remove that hedge of protection, he'll curse you to your face. If Job had all the benefits and all the provisions that God blessed him with, and all of a sudden God allowed Satan to inflict his body, take his children, his own wife and friends turned against him. There he sat in the pit of despair with boils on his body. Everybody rejected him. And still, he said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. If God allowed this to happen to Job, and sometimes God allows the barriers of our life to be removed, and if that does happen, what are you going to do? How are you going to react if Satan questioned Job's consecration? Satan's going to question yours as well. Did you hear what I said? 
If Satan questioned Job's consecration, his faith, his lifestyle, if Satan is going to question him, don't you think that Satan's going to question yours? He will question yours. He is questioning yours. That's why commitment should never change. That's why dedication to God should never change. You see, our spiritual morals, our morals and our spiritual compass must remain intact. Why, you might ask. We all need a moral compass to help find our way through life. I love diving. Me and my son, we go and we get under the water, and it's dark sometimes. You can't see very far without instruments to get us back to where we started from. We would be lost, and we would drown, and our lives would be over, and spiritually it's the same way. We're in a dark, ro- a dark world. It's chaotic, it's scared, it's cold, it's lonely. And if we release our word, the word of God that is given to us to get us back home to where God wants us, we're going to die in this world. And so we need the Bible. You might say, Pastor, I'm a good man. I make good choices. What does God say? Because Jesus taught this. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Are you hungry for God? Are you thirsty for God? Are you seeking righteousness? Are you seeking to do the right things for God? Because if you do, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, you shall be filled. God isn't going to leave you, amen, out in the dark, praise God. But God isn't going to keep trials away from your life either. He's going to empower you. He's going to help you. He's going to strengthen you if you will allow him. If you obey the word of God, but you've got to obey the word of God. You've got to have faith in the God that created you. You see, in the middle of an ever-increasing place of uncertainty, the church needs to do what, Brother George? Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Look up. Because Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I'm telling you. It's not a figment of our imagination. Jesus is coming. And he's going to split the clouds, praise God. He's coming to take his people home. He's coming to take those that obey. Those that are filled with faith, praise God. Those that are living a life of righteousness. Those that say they love God. Those that say, I don't care what the world does. I'm going to serve God. He is my everything. He's my everything. And while chaos is all around, the church must stay focused. 
instead of focusing on problems, amen. Even in the church, amen. We can be so distracted, amen, by little stuff that each other of us do, praise God. Don't be distracted. That's minor stuff. It's minor stuff. It's not going to matter in a couple years. In fact, it probably won't even matter in a couple months, praise God. You'll forget all about it. But right now it seems so big. It's like, ah! It's because the world is trying to cultivate fear and anxiety into you, praise God. Trying to bring you in a state of chaos and conflict and turmoil. But God has prepared you to endure the storms of life. Luke 21, 36 says what? Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Stand before the Son of Man. Our attention must center must center, must center on maintaining a lifestyle that pleases God. What are you doing? Are you doing anything that displeases God? I know there's some things in my life that I could correct. I know there's some things in my life that I could remove, praise God. And God is helping me. God is helping me to identify these things, praise God. But if I'm not walking in the Spirit, friend, I'm going to have a hard time, praise God. Because the Spirit of God is what teaches me. It's the Spirit of God which which directs me and gives me guidance. Without God resonating in my life, amen. Without the character of God flowing through me, praise God. It's going to be mighty hard for me to win people to God. The greatest revival the church has ever experienced, amen, was in a time of crucifixion. A time, amen, where the world came against them, amen. And we are entering in to a great revival, praise God. But it's going to take an investment. It's going to take work. Romans 8.15 says what, Brother George? For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, mm-hmm. but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The, the world must refuse. We must refuse to be pressed into a mold that it has for us. Don't conform into the image of the world. Don't allow the world to press you into its mold, praise God. Stay focused on God. I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, stay focused on God. Don't leave this place, amen, and say it was just another sermon, amen. It's not another sermon, amen. These are words of God to the people of God, amen. And you need to heed every word that God is trying to admonish you with. Trying to help you. He's trying to get you on track. He's trying to get me on track. But if you don't have faith in the, in the things of God, in the power of God, my friend, you're going to struggle, amen. I'm going to struggle. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says what? Now faith is a substance of things hoped for. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for. For the evidence of things not seen. For the evidence of things not seen. Substance. 
means to stand under, to be a foundation, to have something stable in your life. Faith is a firm belief of things we have not seen like the existence of God, whom no man has ever seen. But just because you've never seen God does not mean that there's not a God. Look at the creation around you. Look what God created. Praise God. And there's so many people that have tried to question God. So many people tried to question why the church is the church. Praise God. It's a very interesting story in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, verse 15. Daniel and his three friends, amen, were carried away into a foreign land because they disobeyed God. Maybe not them, but their society, the people that they were with, they were carried away into a foreign land. And in this foreign land, their names were changed. Their identity was changed. But the world could not change their God. And our world is going to bring you to a place, amen. It's going to bring you to a place where you're going to have to make a decision, praise God. Is serving God really worth the effort? Is it really worth the investment, praise God? But my friend, remember, God has an inheritance for you. Daniel chapter 3, verse 15 reads like this. Now if you be ready that at what time you shall hear the sound of the cornet, Mm -hmm. flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast in the same hour in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? 17. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. You see, Babylon, our world, typifies Babylon. Babylon typifies our world. It might try to change your circumstances, but problems, the problems you face, the problems I face, it only opens new opportunities for God to help us, for God to intercede, for God to, to see things through, through a new perspective. But we got to stay faithful. Faithfulness in our commitment to God brings deliverance. Faithful to, faithfulness to, to our God is going to help us see from different eyes, praise God. God wants us to succeed, amen. But if we are not convinced, amen, that God can draw us out, my friend, it's going to be very, very, very difficult. The Bible tells me without faith, it is impossible. It is impossible to please him without believing that God is real. It's impossible for God to do anything on your behalf, on my behalf, without trusting in God. It's impossible for him to do anything on your behalf without giving everything to God. It's very difficult, amen, to embrace what God has for you. It always requires, 
It always requires relationship. It always requires obedience. The Bible says, talks about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You want to be happy? You want peace in your life? You can have some form of happiness and some form of peace. Yes, you can. You can go out and drink and have fun with your friends and smoke crack and do all that stuff. And you, you can be happy for a short time. But when you wake up in the morning, bro, I've done it with a hangover or needing another fix. Your happiness kind of goes out the window. You can have joy. You can have peace. You can relax and say, man, I have peace. And you, you can have that. The world can give you some form of peace, some form of joy. But it's not long-lasting, my friend. There's a time when that comes to the very end. There's a reason why the Scripture says righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You can only have it when you have the Spirit of God in the Holy Ghost. So how do we receive this peace and joy? Well, the Bible tells us to be right with God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, it's progressive. You want to be happy? You want to experience peace? You want a family that is going to be knitted together? You want to be able to have the power to make a commitment to God? You want to be able to give your life to God with no restraints, amen? Stay full of the Spirit of God. And God will give you everything that you ask for, praise God. I'm not talking about a Mercedes Benz. I'm not talking about a Rolls Royce. I'm not talking about the riches of the world. I'm talking about having a closeness and a relationship with God. Because when you have that, everything else falls in place. Proverbs 14 and 11 says, The house of the wicked shall be overthrown. The house of the wicked shall be overthrown. In the Bible, pictures a human vessel as a house. And if we're delving in things that are contrary to the will of God, the Bible says that someday we will be overthrown. But then it says, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. You want to be productive in life? You want things to grow in your life? You want people to see fruit manifested in your life? You want your family to be blessed? Then serve God. Give everything to God. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, spirit. Serve God. Don't be distracted by the little stuff in life. Yeah, your living conditions might not be everything you want it to be, but if you're in the house of God, it doesn't matter. 
Because eventually, God is going to turn the tables for you. If you make a commitment to God, if you stay consecrated to God, if you give everything to God, it's not going to be everything you want, but it's going to be everything you need. And when the storms of life come, you will be fit to go through it. Because God has prepared a body. And you, my friend, are that body. Praise God. Let's stand today. I love you, Jesus. Why don't we raise our hands and thank him? I love you, mighty God. I love you, mighty God. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Jesus. I, wor- I worship you, God. I worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I know the the road seems long and sometimes all we do is focus on storm clouds. Sometimes all we could see is the rain and the thunder and the lightning. But I promise you, every step you take, it's going to build your faith. You have to understand that God built you for this day. He built you for this storm. Amen. If you're struggling, if you're unsure, if the road is unfamiliar to you, if you need to hear a word from God, I'm going to open these altars for you today. Don't just come and just beg God, but come with confidence. Come knowing that God is going to deliver on your behalf. And if you're sincere, if you're sincere about the things of God, then I believe that God will speak to your heart. And God will help you from this day forward. God wants to be your guide. He wants to be your shepherd, but he won't be if we keep jumping off the unfamiliar road. Take a step today. Make a new commitment to God and consecrate your life in Jesus. These altars are open. I speak victory.